Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. I'm already recording, I believe. Oh, I just burped into the mic. Ew. Wouldn't be an episode without your burps. Well, I'm drinking Diet Cokes. You know how I am. You made me watch. Why'd you make me watch this? You made me watch something I didn't like. Next time we watch something I like. But I can't believe you made me watch. Hey, I'm Mike, and I'm here with my wife, Allison, who made me watch Mr. Holland's Opus. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. 1995, y'all. Richard Dreyfus. Yes. So do you want to do the one minute recap of what happens in Mr. Mr. Holland's Opus? Opus? Sure. Okay, begin. All right. So it's about a musician who decides that and his photographer wife who decide that in order to make ends meet, uh, the musician guy is going to teach high school for four years. And um, he ends up staying even longer because she gets pregnant. And uh, he ends up just becoming a career teacher. Well, not just becoming a career teacher, but becoming a teacher as his career. And his son is deaf, so he's a musician with a deaf son. And he deals with that in the shittiest way possible (laughs) through most of the movie. And um, he almost bangs a student. And then he ends up getting laid off because of budgetary reasons and he feels like nobody gives a shit about him but it turns out they do and they play all his former students get together and they play mr holland's opus oh my god were you timing that yourself Mm -mm. you did that exactly in one minute nice good job thank you (laughs) yeah (laughs) um all right so that was the episode of the podcast Bye. We'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah. So really quick, when I saw this movie, I was in middle school. Okay. And um, it was a field trip that, because I was in band in middle school. You and played the sexy phone. I did. <laughs> the saxophone, just like Lisa Simpson. And um, and just like our guests from the previous week, Ryan and Amanda. Yes. But both play saxophone. Somehow... We got on very weird tangents at the end, so I cut it out where you guys all talk about how you all played the sexy phones. Mm-hmm. We went and saw this movie, and I remember being like, man, if I had a music teacher like that, maybe I wouldn't want to quit band. <laughs> because my music teacher was a fucking bitch, and she got real shitty about it when I Aww. didn't want to. She, I was last chair all the time, like... I don't know. She really just made me feel like I sucked and uh, that I should quit. 
And so when I quit, she was like, it just feels like a slap in the face that I spent all this time working with you and you're not going to continue. I'm like, you told me I sucked. <laughs> like, I don't. So Mrs. Brown, fuck you. Unless you're dead, in which case still fuck you. <laughs> yeah. If you taught, banned, and fuck off. You were the worst teacher I ever had. That's sad. It is sad. I feel like I probably would have stuck with it if I had a teacher who... I don't know. Like, I mean, I know that, like, in band and stuff, they'll do, like, first chair, second chair or whatever. But um, she just kind of gave, like, the students she favored, you know, first chair, second chair. I mean, and I don't want to say that I deserved first chair. I certainly did not. But I never deserved a last chair, and I always got it. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, it's okay. I unfortunately did not play music growing up, and I wish that I had because it is a skill. Music is something that I have so much passion about. I mm-hmm. love music. I love discovering new music. I have no music ability at all. Mm. And it really bums me out. I wish I would have stuck with it. Like when I think back, I wish I would have done that in marching band instead of, and like played soccer instead of doing cheerleading. Yeah. But so. Well. Richard Dreyfuss stars as Mr. Holland, mm-hmm. and he was nominated for an Oscar this year, mm-hmm. which you can really tell he's going for it. He's going for it so hard. Like, yeah. What did you think about his acting in this? Because Glenn Headley plays his wife, mm-hmm. and I only really know of her from Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, and yeah. you had to really refresh my memory on that. I know. I was like, you know her. You know her because she's in Dick Tracy. Which and I've never seen. she's in Monk. Yeah, she as, unfortunately um, died. A couple years ago. Young. Yeah, 2017. Yeah. Only 62 years old. Yeah, I can't remember why. I think she had an illness or something, but it was like super shocking when she passed away. Yeah. Um, it was very sad. Jay Thomas, uh, who's in this playing the gym teacher, also died pretty young um same yes. year also oh. 2017 uh 69 years old so she died from um complications from a pulmonary embolism oh and jay thomas had cancer oh, okay very sad and then olympia dukakis plays the principal and she died earlier this year yes she did a couple months um, ago it, it just says long illness um, yeah. i'm not sure what specifically il- what specific illness she had but yeah, she was up there in years. She was. Um, William H. Macy is in this as yeah. <laughs> kind of like not his regular character where he's usually like the sad sap. He's a vice principal at the high school who becomes the principal when Olympia Dukakis retires. And he's just like a hard ass, like an uptight dick. dick yeah. Which you don't see a lot. I mean, you see like well, him being uptight or you see him being a dick. Or, you know, like a lovable loser. And it's not really that he's a dick. I, I shouldn't say that. He's just very by the rules and by the books and mm-hmm. uh, doesn't like to stray outside of what the school district wants and stuff like that. Like, because he's the one who ultimately lays off and yeah. shuts down the arts department of the school. Yeah, like cancels all of it. Mr. Holland points out to him that Principal Jacobs, Olympia Dukakis, would have fought Mm-hmm. And William H. Macy's like, yeah, she would have, but she would have lost. Yeah. I think he just realizes the futility in the fight because he does seem very moved at the end when all the former students are yes. playing Mr. Holland's opus. Yeah, he does seem to actually care. Yeah. He's just someone who's like, no, you know, like music, art, 
drama, those are electives. You know, they aren't required learning. I think Richard Dreyfus is really good when he's acting like Richard Dreyfus, kind of like a smarmy dick and everything. Yeah. Um, but the scenes where he's supposed to show a lot of heart and compassion, I'm like, wow, Richard Dreyfus, you look like you're trying really hard. You know what, though? I do feel like at the end, when he's sitting in the audience and, you know, he's realizing that, like, you know, all of his former students are there and they sit him down in the front and he's getting really teary eyed. And then they're like, OK, so we're going to have you conduct your symphony. And he breaks down. I mm-hmm. thought that was actually like he did a really good job in that scene, like his conducting all of it. I feel like that last that final scene where he's doing that, he's like he's on point. I think he was also probably, in my eyes, maybe about 10 years too old to play this. He's playing Mr. Holland through 10 years of his life, through 30 years 30 of his years. life. 60, uh, through the 60s? No, through, um, because they start in 65, yeah? 65 to 95. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Tom Hanks, who is uh, 10 years younger than Richard Dreyfus, mm-hmm. would have done a, yeah. a better job with some of... He would have done well where Richard Dreyfus did not do well, but I think Mr. Uh, but I think Richard Dreyfus did better in, in the, the older um, scenes. Yeah, and in the scenes where he had to just kind of not be a good dad and uh, not be a good husband. Yeah, one of the things that I was, I remember noticing it as a kid, where I'm like, he still looks really old, even in the scenes where he's supposed to be like thirty. Yeah, because he's fifty. When he's filming this, I believe. And you can tell. I mean, like, they old him up also. You know, like, he's not an old, old man. I think they did a good job of finding someone who was, like, in the middle age-wise. Instead of finding, like, a young man and then just aging him all the way up. It wasn't super distracting. But, yeah, you can really tell, like, they use a lot of makeup on him. (laughs) Yeah, I, I think they did a much better job on Jay Thomas and on William H. Macy. Mm-hmm, yeah. I think Richard Dreyfus is just kind of a weathered guy. Yeah. Like I said, he was nominated for an Academy Award, did not win. Do no. you know who did win this year? No, I don't. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> for Raising Arizona? No. What did Good he guess, win though. for? He won for Leaving Las Vegas. <gasps> oh... Now, earlier, we just went and visited your parents, and I was sharing with you some Hollywood conspiracy theories Mm -hmm. that I read about earlier in the day. Here's one that is very far-fetched, but I really like a lot. Okay. That there are twins pretending to be Nicolas Cage. One of them is a good actor. (laughs) And one of them is a bad one? Uh Uh-huh. That's hilarious. (laughs) One of them is a crazy person, and one of them's a really good actor. Where's the really good actor been? Well, he's done a, a handful of really good things, like adaptation and. I know, but Las I just Vegas mean like in the last and... ten years. Like, where where's he at? <laughs> he must have retired. He's like, I'm tired. Yeah. Um. A very young Terrence Howard is in this. Yes, like teeny tiny baby Terrence Howard is in this. Yeah. He even, like, he looks like a high schooler. He's so young. Yeah. Yeah, he really did. He was um, 26 when mm-hmm. this was filmed. But yeah, he he's a baby face in this one. Oh, yeah. And also, um, Jean Louisa Kelly, 
who you may recognize as the eldest daughter from Uncle Buck. Oh, was she? Yes. Oh, I did not know. Yeah, she's because I. Why um, did I not use a contraction? I did not know. I did not know. (laughs) I remember when I saw this years and years and years ago being like god where do i know her from where do i know her from and then when we rewatched it now i'm like oh yeah where the hell do i know her from so i looked it up on imdb and i was like oh yeah so yeah she's the eldest daughter from uncle buck she's the one who tries to hook up with mr, mr. yeah Han. i could have really done without that subplot i didn't like that one either i mean really it's didn't gross. go anywhere well no because he ultimately is like look i encourage you to be a singer but he casts her in just like a musical review for like the senior play and she's this really good singer and she falls in love with him she's like i I always wanted to go to new york and he's like you should do it you know you should go and she's like go with me i love you here's the thing i'm listening to the lolita podcast right now done by comedian jamie loftus and i've become hyper aware of this trope of men making stories about young girls that want to bang old dudes. I don't think that really happens in real life nearly as much as the movies or literature would want you to think it does. Well, and also, yes, girls get crushes on older men. Like, I certainly remember having crushes on teachers, but it was never to the point where I would have ever said like i'm in love with you nor would any teacher ever sit one-on-one with me and have a conversation like that like that just like that whole situation would never have happened yeah like no teacher if i said i want to run away with you to new york and i'll be waiting at a bus stop they would not have just they fucking wouldn't have shown up he should have contacted her parents uh yeah there's another student that he takes under his wing uh gertrude played by alicia witt mm-hmm. who we just saw recently in yes. upside of anger mm-hmm. and she's really really good in this she's great so she plays a student who plays the clarinet she's in the orchestra poorly she's terrible she she's been playing for a long time. She's just really bad. Her whole family is talented. Incredibly talented. And she's just kind of in a spot where she feels like a failure. But she's busting her ass. Yeah, like trying. she's constantly practicing. She like comes in early to school to work with him and she's just not improving. And it's very sad, but he he ends up kind of breaking through and getting through to her. Yeah, it doesn't make her necessarily really good but makes her passable yeah he he helps her essentially to relax right relax and enjoy it instead of trying to be the best you know because it's clear that what she wants is she wants to have fun she wants to enjoy this and she's not because she's trying so hard what i liked about her storyline and maybe it's the one that i can relate to uh well one of the ones i can relate to the most is because I, like I said, really like music, ended up playing bass guitar. Well, first I played regular guitar, electric Mm -hmm. guitar, and then I switched to bass. And I really practiced hard and just could not get good at it at all. Flash forward to her as an adult. She is a success story. She becomes the governor. Mm -hmm. And I like that. It's like, through doing this one thing, she learned how to work hard, 
but also recognized her limitations. Yeah. And ended up excelling at something completely different, which I, I think was really cool. I, yeah. I really like that storyline. Yeah, I really like that they didn't make it a thing where, oh, she went on to become a famous musician. <laughs> right. That she went ahead and became confident. I do believe in the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours theory. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I also am a very firm believer in natural talent. I think some people do just are naturally more inclined for certain things than others. You can practice and practice and practice, but there's there's always going to be someone better than you. And I think sometimes you will find a person who's the number one at something, but it's silly to think that <laughs> anyone could be number one. Like, I don't I don't know how what I'm really saying. Yeah. I just feel like practice is great, but I don't like the saying practice makes perfect because I don't think that that's fair practice brings improvement Mm -hmm. but are you ever going to be perfect it depends you know there's a lot of factors at play every deaf character in this movie or hearing impaired character in this movie is played by a hearing impaired actor yes which i think is a phenomenal ahead of its time move for this movie yes i agree i really liked the attention that they gave to how they communicate in front of deaf people as well Mm-hmm. Because if you're not looking directly at someone who's deaf when you're talking, it's difficult to lip read. Like, it's very difficult to lip read. And even if you're having a conversation with them, if you're having a conversation with like more than one person and they're included, they can feel excluded if you're not signing as well. Yeah. So I really liked how, like, the mom, Glenn Healy, would always sign when she was talking. And, you know, so would Cole. And then, like, all of the teachers would do the same, where they would talk and sign at the same time. I know this is based on a true story, but sometimes based on a true story is such a a loose, (laughs) Yeah, like, based on a true story, whatever. I do like that his son is named Cole, and they established that his favorite musician is John Coltrane. Mm -hmm. So his son is named after his favorite musician, which kind of adds an extra layer to his disappointment that his son, his son can't is hear. I like that it didn't beat you over the head with, but I named him after my favorite musician. Yeah. I like it when a movie doesn't treat its yeah. audience stupid. Like, here, let me hand you this little nugget. One of the things that was very prominent is that he was clearly very prepared to be a great dad to a son who could hear. He really had to learn how to be a good dad to a hearing impaired kid. Because he was just really shitty for a really long time. And his wife just hung in there. It kind of makes me sad that she, you know, she tried. You know, she's like, no, you need to do this. And, you know, you're putting all of this effort into your students and not into your son. I wish you would do something about that. He is the other character I really identify with. It's something that I really hope to keep in check where I can get driven on some sort of thing at the expense of the people who i love and i feel like he really took them for granted and i try to be aware of not doing that too much and i think i've gotten better at it Mm -hmm. but i hope that you or benji never feel like you're taking a backseat to comedy or podcasting or anything like that you know yeah i try to keep my time 
that I do things pretty minimal. Yeah, I feel like, especially since Benji's been born, you've been a lot better at um, like prioritizing your time to be with family. Yeah. Which has been really nice. Uh, one of the good things that came out of this movie, and I, I have not said it yet, and I should say it, I did enjoy this movie very, very much. I, it's a feel good. It's a tearjerker. Yeah. It, you know what? I, the last scene is a tearjerker. I really I think. did not get moved emotionally at all just because I just kept feeling like Richard Dreyfus looked like he was trying really hard. I really like that last scene. It was very moving for me because I'm like, he finally figured out how to be a good dad. He's a great teacher. He's being shoved out the door because I that was a thing that actually happened to my school district when I was a little kid. Um, and it's why my parents actually switched school districts because there were budgetary issues and they were taking out art, music. It was elementary school, so there was no drama. But like art, music and gym were all go- like all the electives were gone. Hmm. And my parents were like, we're not going to send her to school and have no creative or physical outlet. That's cruel. So yeah. I, I switched schools. I guess I got choked up thinking about that. It's so appreciated everything that he had done. I, 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 I really like that from. last scene. It's very sweet. It's a very well-written movie. Mm-hmm. I like this, too, that the composer, Michael Kamen, was so moved by this story that after this movie, he started the Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation, mm-hmm. which gets musical instruments to underprivileged students, mm-hmm. which I think is a pretty awesome thing it really is especially if you wanted to play like a string instrument or something like that mm-hmm. because those are thousands of dollars right you know i played a saxophone and i remember i don't know how much it costs like maybe two three hundred bucks but i remember you know that's still a lot of money to just shell out yeah especially in the 90s and you know my parents had to like pay in installments Instruments are very expensive. It's so important to make sure that people who want to play music have that opportunity. My dad played trumpet, so we had a really nice trumpet. So the reason I didn't play music was because my options were, well, you can play the trumpet or you can play the trumpet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My Well, my dad played guitar and my mom um, played piano, but she hadn't played in years like that's why my that's why there's a piano at my parents houses because my mom used to play but neither of those were an option when (laughs) uh when i got to band uh or had the opportunity to join band so what they did is they had um someone come in and like kind of evaluate us so we would just blow into different mouthpieces or whatever or you know they'd have us do these little like rhythm tests you know to see if we'd be good at percussion or you know whatever Mm -hmm. and um they told us what they thought we would be best at and you know we could change if we wanted to but you know they they can't have 10 million people playing the trumpet you know there's only so many slots right so they kind of arrange you and i was selected to play saxophone and i was all for it because i like the simpsons a lot so (laughs) i was like yeah i want to play the saxophone michael came in also did the music for your robin hood prince of thieves movie (laughs) and he co-wrote songs with brian adams nice I wonder if Mark Hoppus from Blink-182 mm-hmm. is upset uh, because Michael Kamen's website for the Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation is 
basically mhopus.org. Oh my god. <laughs> mhopus.org oh, for Mr. Man. Holland's. Yeah. I know I think he's probably fine with it. He's got Blink-182. Yeah, I always look for stuff like that because of like Donald Glover's Twitter which is like Dong Lover. You know? Oh, that's right. Yeah. I like things. I like words. You're a weirdo. I love it though. Michael Kamen also is dead. R.I.P. R.I.P. Very young. Only 55. Jesus. How did he die? Heart attack. Oh my God. This Mm. needs to stop. All of these amazing actors. This movie is cursed. Is it really? No. I just wondered if there was like a fan theory that it was cursed. Because yeah, a lot of people. (laughs) There's a fan theory that there's two Nicolas Cages. Yeah. I'm sure people probably. Yeah. Someone out there probably has a bunch of strings tied to a bulletin board <laughs> tracing all the <laughs> with, deaths <laughs> with richard Dreyfus all over they it. probably connected it to poltergeist somehow too oh maybe so one of the things that i liked about this movie <laughs> uh of the rewatch is that so jay thomas is the like the football coach and he's like the phys ed teacher basically yes and um he is um richard Dreyfus is mr holland's like best friend basically they meet you know when he first starts teaching there and you know he's his like his work his work wife i guess and um one of the gags that i really liked is that every scene that he's in where he has a girl with him it's a different girl every time (laughs) (laughs) i thought that was real funny you know jay thomas was a stand-up also i did know that yeah oh you did okay yeah well, that was Mr. Holland's opus. I'm yeah. really glad that you made me watch it. it. You were right. It's definitely a movie that is in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I do like Richard Dreyfuss a lot. I I should say that. I I, I love Richard Dreyfuss. Yeah. I miss I miss Richard Dreyfuss. Dreyfuss with Spielberg. Holy shit! Close Encounters, Jaws, mm-hmm. and that's some great stuff. He's I really like him with George Lucas and. American Graffiti. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, Richard Dreyfus was originally uh, going to do the voice of C-3PO. Real? <laughs> That's and, hilarious And do to it me. as sort of like a used car salesman type, you know, yeah. character. And then they decided, oh, we like what uh, Tony Daniels is doing in that costume. So we'll just let him do the voice. So uh, That's so funny. Yeah. That really would have changed a lot. It probably would have made me like C-3PO a little bit more. I was going to say, I was like, it would have made him a lot less annoying. Like, he probably wouldn't have been so annoying. And I mean, you know, if Anthony Daniels didn't have a platform to stand on. Yeah, fuck Anthony Daniels. What a dick. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Ugh. I am glad that you liked this. This is a sweet movie, although it is bittersweet for me every time I watch it. Because every I swear to God, every time I watch it, I'm like, that fucking teacher. That I... <laughs> If you're, and here's the thing though, is that I know so many people who are teachers and they care so deeply. I don't know, maybe teachers have just changed over the years. Like, well, one thing I've learned from being a parent now mm -hmm. is putting things in perspective of looking at other adults and realize that adults don't have any shit figured out and adults Mm -hmm. are as fucked up as anyone. Like, when you think back to like how old that teacher was there's a good chance that they were probably around my age no i think she was around my age she was um she had two small kids and i think she's okay. around 35 okay well but i mean she's like been teaching for like 10 15 years already yeah but it's like okay 
has there ever been someone that you're like, I just don't like that person. You know, like maybe you were just that person to her. I mean, you were a cheerleader and I was a child. <laughs> I was a child. No, I know. I know. Yeah, I'm not. I guess my feeling is, is that I get it. Like she, I didn't click with her. I wasn't um, I wasn't one of the super talented ones. And, you know, I, I wasn't a kiss ass. So I don't think she really had any feelings about me whatsoever. She, and I was probably a bit of a whiner. I'm sure I was. No. <laughs> no. You shut your mouth. I know. You? know. Well, I, I just mean like, I, you know, I would try out for things and because um, I also had her for choir and I got a solo for like the Christmas concert, but I got the flu the week of the concert. And so I missed I missed the concert and it really sucked. I was really bummed out. She said to me like afterwards, she's like, oh, you know, don't worry. The spring concert, you know, we'll see what we can do. And then so I auditioned for every single solo and didn't get one. I would have made you last seat, too. <laughs> I was so I was so but I got the flu like my mom wouldn't like my parents wouldn't let me go. I had a fever of 104. Like they almost sent me to the hospital. when My fever was so high. I wasn't allowed to go. Suddenly, I'm seeing the teacher's point of view. Wow. <laughs> this is, makes me sad. I'm kidding. There should be more teachers like Glenn Holland. Yeah. Crystal Manfredi, my theater teacher, you know, was definitely a phenomenal teacher. Bill Johnson, who was my high school English teacher, I think is one of the best humans. Like, he mm -hmm. just really cared about his students a lot uh yeah I, I had some really amazing teachers too yeah you know? i did too i shouldn't say that i had all these bad teachers because like my my theater teacher um and my english teacher um my english teacher mr moore who i'm still friends with on facebook <laughs> he's still a sweet angel he still coaches girls basketball was a phenomenal teacher is you know, I, he's retired from teaching, but he still coaches. But it's very surreal to me, too, that Krista Manfredi, my theater teacher, she's friends with a lot of former students, me included, mm -hmm. on Facebook. And we've talked since high school. And she's, you know, like, well, you can call me Krista now. <laughs> and I'm just like, here I am, almost 50 years <laughs> old. And I'm like, I still want to call you Mrs. Manfredi, even though she isn't really a Mrs. Manfredi anymore. Like, she's remarried. and Oh, that's I, hilarious. But I'm like, I can't call you Krista. <laughs> like, oh, you know? I, know. I have the same feeling. Like, I feel like if Mr. Moore was like, call me Mike, I'd be like, no, I'm good. <laughs> Wait, you had Michael Moore? Uh-huh. As a teacher? Not the Michael Moore, but his name is Michael Moore. Okay. His well, wife was a Spanish teacher. What was her name? Mrs. Moore. <laughs> I can't Mrs. remember. Mrs. Moore. Oh, she, I can't remember her first name right now. You missed the perfect joke there. You should have said Mrs. Moss. <laughs> God damn it. You're uh, right. Thank you for listening to You Made Me Watch. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.